Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Start the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D. Mendy here, joined by the full cast and crew and our special guest tonight, who I'll get to in a moment. Starting off here with Doc, who is coming off the IL to try to make an appearance tonight out of the bullpen. But it may cut his appearance short because he's still very sick. So, Doc, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, I, I wrestled through today just to get on this pod, just to, you know, I think Marty transferred the COVID IL to me. So, uh, you know, just virtually through here. Yeah, it sounds like it, but we got a healthy Marty party back in the house tonight. You can just see the glow on his face. He's just fully healthy. Oh, look at that. He's got his patented hat on Marty party. What's good in your world? Lots good, man. It's good to be back here. It's good to be feeling a lot better. I will say, though, I had a COVID rebound over the weekend. It is a real thing. I felt good for like two days, and all of a sudden, boom, felt like trash. But, hey, it's it's, it's time to talk about catchers. So I know I needed to just man up. It's the hardest position, so I needed to come here with my A game for tonight. Yeah, man. It's the position that nobody likes talking about, but it becomes very valuable in fantasy baseball. Just like our man, LC, we made uh, – Look, overlook him at times, but he's a very valuable member of the team. <laughs> Elsie, what's up? Oh, I, it's been a great day. I, I worked my butt off. I got overlooked on triple play. Um, <laughs> now I'm actually able to sit here and talk to some adults. I've been looking at computer screens all day. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm going to have to work to, to not talk too much tonight, I think. It's okay. Should I, we bring back the LC buzzer? Like when you're. Oh. <laughs> Is that a real thing? That used to be a thing. Yeah, when he was talking too much, I'd play it just to let him know. <laughs> but uh, that that we'll see. That that was with the good old days. LC's information is always really good, so I don't like to cut him off. But joining the show tonight, we, of course, I told you we had a special guest. If you're listening to the pod, you can't see him. If you're on YouTube, you definitely can see who this gentleman is. We welcome in a man. That's a recently licensed lawyer. He is a fantasy baseball writer and podcaster for Pitcher List, fantasy football writer and podcaster for the QB List. And when he's not playing fantasy baseball, he's kicking your ass in karate as he's a black belt and he will tear up the slopes, pizza and French frying through the black diamonds. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome in Callan Eslager. How's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. It's been excited to be here. Excited to have you on. Did I pronounce your, na- your last name correctly, which I forgot to ask you before the show if I did? I've gotten it many, many times. It's L. Slager. Slager. Dang it. The, yeah, listen, I've gotten, mistake, every, I mean. I've gotten every pronunciation of both Callan and L. Slager in my life, so I'm just I'm used to it by now. You just call me whatever the heck you want. Could I call you Big C? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say Callan and I'll say Big C. So we'll, we'll switch back and forth here. But Callum, man, I got you're doing a lot of things right now. QB list, pitcher list, specializing in relief pitching right now. How's the offseason been for you? Have you found yourself super busy or have you kind of now been uh, enjoying some time off and now prepping for the season as we are now in 2023? Like you said, I do a little bit of both, both QB list and uh, pitcher list. So during football season, I was pretty much ramped into football coverage and then towards the end about 
during the holiday time, started wrapping that up and got started diving into my ranks and uh, projections and stuff for fantasy baseball, getting back into the hosting of the in the pen. And then once spring training comes around, it'll get more into a weekly pod and get that ramp back up again. So excited to get back to baseball. It's still always and always will be my number one. Now, let me ask you, how hard is it to balance between football and baseball? Because doing two sports is definitely tough, isn't it? Yeah, it can be, especially getting a new job. I had to balance that, but mm. I love it. So it makes it a little, a little easier to come home and be like, okay, let's just talk about sports and write about sports. It's not exactly a gig I don't like doing. I don't mind it. That's right. And there's no off season because when football's in season, you're doing football. When baseball's in season, you're doing baseball. So it's there's always something going on. So uh, uh, it definitely is exciting. It's fun. And uh, we got our buddy Mike Carter checking in here. What's going on, Mike? Happy Wednesday. Always enjoy when he pops in here. Make sure you check out Mike's podcast. They do a great job, the Fantasy Baseball Beat. They have some great shows coming up uh, your way coming in the offseason and during the regular season. But this show tonight, as you guys are tuned in for, of course, as I mentioned, I teased on Twitter, we have our position previews kicking off tonight, starting with our top fantasy catchers for our fantasy catcher preview here. And it's an ugly position. I get it. People don't like talking about it, but it's a necessary position to address, especially when we talk about two catcher leagues that can be a huge difference in terms of positional advantage. Uh, so we're going through using NFBC ADP over the last two weeks. So we are looking today is January 4th, and we are looking back basically since right before Christmas. And we are going to give you our favorites and our fades in the top 10, 11 to 20, and then our favorite going outside the top 20. So let's start it off first with Callen. Now, I mentioned the top, there might be some overlap. So if anybody says a name that you already have, you can just piggyback it and we'll move on. And if you disagree with something, we're going to go head to head and we're going to battle it out. So Callen, give us your favorite going inside the top 10, talking about ADP value for that player. I think my favorite for value, it's Alejandro Kirk this year. And last year, he was someone I was full on fading. I didn't want anything to do with that. I didn't buy into the hype. I was wrong. And I will admit I'm very wrong a lot of times. But Alejandro Kirk this year, especially now with the trade of Gabriel Moreno, the playing time is there. He increased almost all his advanced metrics, average exit velocity in the high uh, percentile, ex-woba, max exit velocity, hard hit, XBA. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't chase. It's everything you want in a player, and he's playing in Toronto. A good lineup. The playing time's there now that Moreno's gone. Yeah, Danny Jansen's still going to eat into it, but there's an open DH spot for Kirk to get a ton of at bats. Mm-hmm. There's a split between Jansen, so there's just a lot of like a lot to like with him. He's going to hit near the top end of that lineup, and compared to everyone else who's going around him, he's get, getting very close to being my top five this year overall. So at that value, being the ninth uh, catcher off or seventh catcher, excuse me, off the board right now. I'm all in on that, and I think I'm going to have Alejandro Kirk in a lot of leagues at this point. Good luck, as Marty Party is a big Alejandro Kirk guy this year as well. I know that's one of his loves in this range. Marty Party, go ahead and piggyback off that. What do you like about Alejandro Kirk? He is a man after my own heart. I absolutely love me some Kirk. Um, yeah, not too much to add there other than that he is also big and beefy, which is very important, especially when it comes to the catcher position. That it's a bonus. A, it cannot be it's definitely a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Steamer has him projected for 535 plate appearances. So we talked about Moreno being out of there. So no questions about him uh, having that, um, you know, as many playing as much playing time as possible. 
19 home runs, 70 runs, 74 RBI with a 285 batting average. You got to love that. And for you in OBP leagues, a 371 OBP steamer projection as well. So he should be batting fourth in that Blue Jays lineup. His strikeout percentage, 10.4. His walk percentage is 11.6, a 278 XBA last year. His profile is absolutely beautiful. I'm super excited for him. Great ADP at 93. Yeah, I think the power is one thing people might question about him in terms of maybe uh, in his best season, you might expect closer to 20 home runs. But besides the little bit, you could say lack of power, I guess, is everything else is beautiful. Like you said, 285 batting average, 372 on base percentage of the strikeout rate being just 10.7% last year, which was top 2% of all of baseball, not just catchers, top 2% yeah. of all of baseball with a double-digit walk rate. It's expected batting average being 278 was top 8 percentile of the league. He's also a great defensive catcher in terms of his pitch framing, top 94 percentile in terms of his pitch framing. So he'll DH, he'll catch, he'll get a lot of playing time next year. Uh, a great catcher to have, and right now you're getting him as the number seven catcher, which just seems to me is insane value for him. So I love the call guys. I figured he was going to get taken. So that's why I stayed away from picking him, but he is a hundred percent smash value. And, and I love the call. LSD, let's go to you next. And let's talk about your smash, your favorite player going inside the top 10, talking about ADP value. Who would that be? I'm going to talk about MJ Melendez. I think MJ Melendez is a fantastic value where he's going. I have him at currently going around pick 97 uh, mm -hmm. in the, in the, yeah, right in the top 100. And he's, um, he is, let me count this out. Let me count this out. He is the one, two, three, four, five, sixth catcher off the board, right in front of, uh, right in, right in front of, um, uh, Kirk actually, and, uh, and, and Contreras. And I think that he has, uh, he's potential to be a breakout season next year. And his first season, he got five over 500 plate appearances, put together a 99 WRC plus while he was learning to catch in the big leagues. I think this being his second year in the big leagues, that excellent barrel rate, that well above average league barrel rate, uh, well above league average barrel rate, that that excellent launch angle. You're going to start seeing a little bit more power coming through. Also, his expected batting average was much higher than his actual batting average last year. So you could actually see a little bit of growth there. So, uh, projections have him going, hitting almost 240 this year, which would put him right at about average for catcher. With the elite walk rate that he has, he hits in the top of the lineup for the Royals. And I think that's going to give him a lot of nice counting stats, not to mention the fact that he's probably going to be playing just about every day. I'm really high on Melendez this year. MJ Melendez is a monster. You remember last year, uh, when he was talked about before the season, his minor league numbers, he led all of base, all minor leaguers and home runs, had over 40 home runs in the minor leagues. And we've talked about this on previous shows when you look at his splits versus lefties and righties last year, uh, when he he's a left-handed batter for those that don't know versus lefties, he hit 295, 357 OBP, 482 slug. Now you could say that could come down a little bit, but when you look at him against righties, which keep in mind, if he's a lefty facing a righty, he should have a better batting average than he would facing a lefty. He had a 193 batting average versus right-handed pitching as a left-handed batter, which you don't see that too often, but at 299 on base percentage, I think that goes up tremendously this year and balances out to a lot more what we would expect versus opposite hand pitching. 
You combine that with the fact that his BABIP last year was only 258. I believe mm-hmm. league average BABIP is right around 270-ish, like 272, yeah. 273. So you could potentially have a batting average increase with a BABIP that would go closer to what you would saw in the minor leagues uh, in 2021. He had a 286 in AA and a 310 in AAA. Uh, so I do think that there's a lot of factors in his favor to even be better next year. And the position flexibility, like you mentioned, is a, a mm-hmm. definite bonus for that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Doc? Let's talk about your player inside the top 10 here. I, I love the first two guys here. I think the, the back half of the top 10 is is loaded with a bunch of great value. Who are you picking? I do too. I, I like both uh, guys that they mentioned. I'm just going to reiterate my love for Wilson Contreras, the seventh ranked catcher in NFBC drafts for the last two weeks with an average pick of 96. Um, better lineup in the Cardinals with uh, hitting around Arenado, Goldschmidt, and the multitude of young talent they have. Um, his career high in runs plus RBIs is 130, and Steamer has him projected at 141. There's going to be no competition at catcher now that Yadi Molina is gone. Uh, the metrics back it up. His hard hit percentage tile in the uh, 2022 was in the 90th. Um, exit vo- max as a max exit velocity. Max exit velocity. It's a big word, Eric. I know. 98th percentile. And I'm really having my fingers crossed for his durability. He's hit 20-plus home runs in four seasons, and the max games he's played in those four is 128. He had 21 homers in 117 games in 2017, 24 homers in 108 games in 2019, 21 homers in 128 games in 2021, and 22 homers in 113 games in 2022. So even if he can give you 130, 140, he could be chasing 30-plus home runs in a better lineup. Let me ask you guys, would you rather have Wilson Contreras at pick 99 or would you rather have William Contreras at pick 117? They go back-to-back. W. Contreras is who I'd take. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I, I might go William. I think that the ballpark's a little bit better. So you'd go Michael William? <laughs> LA Eric might get that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I know. Eric is going to get it. No one else is going to get it. Um, so you'd go William. Marty, you go Wilson. Wilson! What about you, Callum? Where would you go? I'll take Wilson. I'm going to get to William Contreras in a little bit. and I'm just, I'm not buying, I'm not in on it this year. Oh, are we going to be fighting? We might oh, be fighting. Boy. We might be fighting. Uh, all right. Oh, you know my answer is Wilson. Yeah, so it's three to two for Wilson. Uh, let me talk about William Contreras, and then we get to go right into Callan's rebuttal here. So my favorite going inside the top ten is William Contreras, and let's just paint a picture here. He's played eight hundred. He's played one hundred and fifty three career games. So basically, a one full season, just about over his two seasons in the big leagues. He has twenty eight home runs, sixty nine RBIs, and a two sixty batting average with only one hundred and sixty two strikeouts over those 153 games. His 28 home runs ranked 10th most over the last two seasons in all of baseball among catchers, and only Cal Raleigh is anywhere in the vicinity of his at-bats with those types of home runs. Just looking at the leaderboard for those home runs, most of the other people in the top 10 outside Cal Raleigh have at least 200 at-bats, if not three to 400 more at-bats than him over the last two seasons with more home runs than him. So... The path for the catcher position is legit. Besides the power, 2.3 fantasy points per game among the catcher position ranked fifth most 
who played at least half their games last season. So he's given you plenty of fantasy points per game. He's going to play every single day now in Milwaukee as he not is cannot just play catcher. His 89 starts last year, 57 were at catcher, 31 were at DH, and he also played one in left field. So he can move around a little bit to get his bat in the lineup. And we talk about players that we'd like to see finish strong. Over his final 48 games, he hit 304 with nine home runs and 22 RBIs. And a team like Milwaukee that struggled against left-handed pitching last year, he just hit 354 with a 1.036 OPS against left-handed pitching. And just the more you look into it, it's just he's going to be, I think, a really exciting player. He's going to get a ton of at-bats. He's going to be in a decent lineup. And he's going to be able to play almost every single day. He's the discount in the top 10 for me in terms of the at-bats you're going to get for him. Uh, you know, Sean Murphy goes right after him, but I like the upside of William Contreras here. And I think that's my favorite value in terms of ADP in the top 10. Cal, let's go come at me. Where are we, uh, where we differ here? I have nothing to really counter in terms of that for the hard hits there for William Contreras. The lineup's going to be there. He's going to be in the middle of the lineup. He's going to Milwaukee, which we all know is a hitter's paradise. But to me, it's just comes down to where he's going in the draft. You mentioned Cal Rowley with Cal Rowley with that power Lee. I'd rather wait a couple rounds, just draft Cal Raleigh, even go after William Contreras because Cal Raleigh is going to hit in a similar spot and play in Seattle, which we all probably think is going to be a better lineup this year than what Milwaukee is. To me, it's just, it's not the player. It's more of the draft position. You look at the guys that go after him. I would take a chance on somebody upside of a healthy Tyler Stevenson before I take, uh, or wait in terms of value for Tyler Stevenson, wait potentially on a Kybert Ruiz back out breakout or bounce back before that so there's certain players i just like a little bit more in terms of adp i don't dislike the player it's more of where he's going just considering the the guys who go after him who have, can have similar uh potential power to uh to what Contreras has done especially with cal raleigh so many rounds later i do think if he creeps up and i don't have like i can look in a second to see what his adp was a couple months ago but if he creeps up inside the top 100, I think I can get with you on that. Right now, he's going over a full round later than Wilson Contreras is. So he's, to me, kind of like him and Sean Murphy pretty much go back to back. They're kind of like if you're waiting on a starting catcher, like in a 12-team league, one catcher league, like that's kind of the range I would wait for. In a two-catcher league, that's kind of, to me, like the back end of the catcher one territory that I can also target if I want to wait on catcher. When you get to, to Tyler Stevenson and Cal Raleigh, you're hoping that they can have bounce bull. Cal Raleigh gives you a lot of power, but to me, he reminds me a lot of Mike Zunino. So it's like, can we expect that him to do it again? I don't know, but I can see the ADP, especially if it, if it creeps up anymore being an issue. So I can understand that counter. This was like the least hyped up fight ever. I know you put two Jersey guys in a fight. You'd think there'd be a little bit more than that. That's right. Yeah. You called me too much out of that. So I'm a Jersey guy now. (laughs) Um, all right, so let's now go to the flip side of the coin. Let's talk about our fades. Cowan led it off with his fade of ADP for uh, for Will, uh, William Contreras, not hating the player, but hating the ADP. Let's go now to you, Marty Party. Let's talk about your fade inside the top 10. Who are you find yourself not drafting? It'll be JT Real Muto, and it's the same same thing as it's not the player. You know, it's the uh, his current ADP. So, um Let's just get it out there. He's the best fantasy baseball catcher there is, and there's absolutely no doubt about it. But his ADP is 24.47, so you're going to have to take him in the second round. And there's a few reasons I'm not going to be drafting him, drafting a 32-year-old catcher in the second round. Uh, number one, catching's the hardest position in baseball. He could get hurt at any time. I know there will be opportunity for him to be at the DH. Will 
which will allow him to rest a little bit. But at any time, he could take a foul ball. You know, he could uh, pull a hamstring stealing. As we know, he's going to try to steal as much as possible. With Harper being out, they're going to try for the first few months to get as many runs as possible at the top of that lineup. And then number two, stolen bases should be more plentiful. That's what I've heard from, you know, all the very smart people from, you know, Zimmerman all the way down that um, there should be plenty of steals. So to make up for those, and this is what Seymour hasn't projected for, 12 steals, 20 home runs and 12 steals, which is a, which is really far off from last year. We had 22 home runs and 21 steals. So I can make up the, I think I can make up those 12 steals um, somewhere else. And then three, the opportunity cost is just too much. Garrett Cole's right there, Sandy Alcantara, Class A, Edwin Diaz, and this guy named Mike Trout, who hit 40 home runs last year when he, you know, he was injured for half of it. So there's just too, there's just too much stacked against him. Again, it's not real Muto, the player, but just where he's going. It's uh, too, uh, too rich for my blood. I agree with you. I, I mean, very good, Tallman. Very good. Top twenty, top two round pick is definitely very rich for catcher. Opportunity uh, cost, buddy. Jasper checking here. What's up, Jasper? Good to see you, man. Harry, uh, Merry Late Miss, and Happy New Year to you as well. Hope you had an awesome holiday. And uh, yeah, I agree with you, Marty. A top two round pick is very rich with the amount of catching that you can find. We just talked about some amazing values in the back half of the top 10. I think unless you're big on JTR, it's going to repeat last year or have an even better year. You might as well just wait for the position. So, yeah, and real quick, just overall my strategy, I think it's very, I mean, you're going to need to get two catchers in the first 20. You cannot wait past 20. It's an it's a graveyard. Todd Zola was talking about it earlier today. That's one of his biggest takeaways from his uh, pre-draft. <clears throat> I'm with you. Uh, so, yeah, you got to get in there quick. I'm with you. Good advice there. Uh, let's go to you, Elsie. Let's go to your fade inside the top 10. Who do you find yourself not drafting much of this year? Someone who I've been on for, for a long time, someone who I really enjoy watching, someone who I think now finally might be uh, – starting on the downside perhaps is Sal Perez. He's still going in the top 70 picks. That's probably the only reason I fade him because I feel like he's the type of player who, who gets you the production in smaller samples, even if he gets injured. But what we started to see was injuries kind of pile up on him. He missed a big chunk of time last season, still finished as a top five or so catcher. I think it was top five or top six even missing 30 or 40 games this season. But what happened, what his injuries were, were thumb injuries, hand injuries. He missed the last four games of the season with that same thumb injury that he had missed uh, six weeks for earlier in the season as well. So I just worry about the repetitive injuries. I do think that he probably will miss some time with some injuries this season. But I also think that, like Marty was saying about Real Muto, if you're taking... If you're taking a um, sell in the top in the top 70, you're not taking uh, guys going near him like um, sorry, like Kenley Jansen, like uh, Luis Castillo, Kevin Gaussman, Alec Manoa, Christian Javier. I think with the sort of depth at your top catcher that you can get, uh, Sal might be a little bit of a risk going this early. Um, and I'd rather wait on catcher pass him up and I'll let myself get a guy like MJ Melendez two two or three rounds later, or even a little bit further behind that. Can't disagree with you there. I don't like when there's not a lot of disagreements, but at the same time, I think we're all kind of in the same in the top 10. It's like the seventh. I think we all love 
in some way, shape, or form the seven through ten values more than a lot of the guys going inside the top six. So I think uh, with the LC, just wait another couple rounds and get one of these guys that are a little bit more of a bargain for you. Doc, did we did we go to yours? No. Um, go ahead. Mine is Will Smith, the third-rated catcher, an ADP of 49, a min pick of 26. So some people are taking him mm-hmm. in the second round. Uh, start off with the fact, and this is a joking point, that you might take the ex-closer, Will Smith, instead of him. So you want to avoid <laughs> that stressful what? situation. Yeah. But when you're drafting for a hitter in a roto league, you're going for five categories. Average power or average home run runs RBI stolen bases. Well, in terms of average, he's hit 260 or below in each of his three full seasons. He got you one stolen base last year. His counting stats will probably go down with Trey Turner gone, and there's not going to be as many opportunities at the top of the lineup. So now you're really banking on home runs. And he's had 20 the past couple seasons. But is that going to continue? His barrel percentage is in the 72, 72nd percentile, hard hit percentage in the 67th percentile. His BAPIP has been below 300 every year. They're going to play less games and cores now. Um, and when we're talking about the opportunity cost, you're passing on guys like Cedric Mullins, half a season of Max Scherzer, a, pa- a potential bounce back from Matt Olson, Jazz Chisholm, if you believe in him. And just the last point, We've seen his walk percentage go down in each of the three seasons as he's played more games from 14.6, 11.6 to 9.7. So as he's seeing more pitches, he's getting less patient. And I'm going to be interested to see if this trend continues. Also, a Dodgers team that's got their worst lineup offensively feels like forever. I feel um, like there's been a Dodger tax just associated for years, and maybe mm-hmm. it's people that are kind of lazily, oh, it's the Dodgers, they'll acquire someone. But they have a lot of aging talent on that team. They'll be interesting. I don't know if they're going to be leaps and bounds the best team in baseball this year, like they have been the last couple of years. Jasper says, is Kirk going to be worth a damn? Uh, picked the better of the bad words there. Um, we can listen back, Jasper, to uh, we talked about Alejandro Kirk a little bit, and I think we all love him. Uh, Callan brought him up and we were all in love with him. So Kirk is definitely going to be a favorite of triple play here. I'll finish the, the hate going inside the top 10 here with my fade, which is Dalton Varsho. And I figure I thought someone else might take him. And I was kind of surprised that no one brought him up. He's going to a Toronto blue Jays lineup. That's going to be great for his counting stats, but I don't expect him to be hitting high in the order. I have to check what roster resource has him hitting, but he slashed 235, 302, 443 last year, 27 homers, 74 RBIs, 46 walks, and 16 steals. So great counting stats from the catcher position. This will be his final season eligible at catcher. As for people that don't realize, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal outfielder. I think he was plus 19 or minus 19 runs saved last year. Whatever. Yeah, the best, it's the best rated outfielder in all of baseball he, by yeah, far. He's insane. So yeah. he's going to be an outfielder probably the rest of his career. So for redraft purposes, you will still get the catcher benefit. But in Dynasty, if you can sell him now as a catcher, that's definitely where I would be trying to do. But we look at his 16 steals, which I think is the big appeal for him to be the second catcher selected. He had eight of his 16 between September and October. So half his steals came basically in about a month and a half of the season. And I'm not sure that he runs as much in Toronto, a team that's best to be just kind of mashing and using their offense, not having having to rely as much on stolen bases like he was when he was in Arizona with a weaker lineup. 
So I'm wondering if the steals go down or if the steals go up. We talked about how the whole league itself is going to have stolen bases go up with the bigger bases. You can't throw more than two pickoff attempts. So stolen bases from him will become a little bit less valuable if other catchers are starting to steal more too. Then you play into the fact that he was very bad against left-handed pitching last year. One of the uh, the worst catching bats against left-handed pitching. And they might platoon him versus lefties. So that also becomes a factor for me when looking at that. So I just think as the number two catcher, if he's going to be platooned potentially against lefties, if he's if his steals either like stay the same or they go down in the Toronto lineup, I just don't think I think it's too rich at the number two spot. So I'm out on Dolan Varsha this year. And uh, Ross Resource has him uh, batting sixth currently in the lineup. That's what I thought. He'd hit kind of towards the bottom. Yep. They're, so, they're so stacked there. And the Blue Jays <laughs> were 21st in stolen bases last year. So I, I think of stolen bases as a team philosophy. So mm-hmm. if him hitting, you know, back end of the lineup, I mean, maybe he doesn't steal as much. That's what I'm saying. I, I think, again, you have the side where it increased in stolen bases, but everybody else is going to be running more. Or you have the side that he's in a lineup that's not going to run as much. And I think that that could hurt him too. So yeah, again, number two catcher, not for me. Let's look now. Let's go to the 11 through 20 range. This is where things get a little more interesting because now it's you can pick guys in the closer half of the top 11 to 20 because they're already a value, you could say. Um, so it's not like we're just fading the top guys here. So let's go back to Callen. Give us your favorite going in the 11 to 20 range. Yeah, this is another guy who last year I had a good amount of shares on and it kind of came back to bit me in the, the butt, bit me in the butt, but I'm still jumping back on. I'm going with Kybert Ruiz. I think that, you know, the playing time is going to be another guy. Who you know, it's guaranteed playing time in that nationals lineup. Yeah, it's going to be a bad lineup, but he's sitting in the middle of a lineup, which you like to look for his counting stats continue to prove. He's currently a uh, steamer. He's projected for 16 homers, 60 RBIs, 55, 60 runs scored, which isn't anything special, but in terms of the value you have at the catcher position, I think he's going to continue to improve. He's starting to bounce back in terms of his advanced metrics. He's improved in almost every category from his rookie season, which was very short. But I think that this is going to be someone that we look back on. He's currently going at pick 183, which is very late. I believe that comes out to the 12th, 13th round, something around there, which I'm willing to take that as my, my catcher, uh, catcher one one of the last guys right around the top 12 to 15 that I'm okay with like the, my top catcher in fantasy for my number one, I should say. And I think that uh, I think he's a good value compared to the guys that are going around him. I'm willing to wait and take and expect the, uh, the breakout for a guy who's just traded for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to get back to that potential we all know is still out there. Steamer projects him for a 264 batting average, only striking out 11.6% of the time, 16 home runs and 55 or I'm sorry, 16 home runs and 61 RBIs, that'll play. That's very steady from the catcher position, only striking out 11.6% of the time, as I mentioned. So uh, I think you're right, and you're getting him at the catcher 14. So if you're in a one-catcher league, he's going basically outside the top 12. And if you're in a two-catcher league, you can snag him as your your first catcher, or if you go catchers early, he'd be a great second catcher too. So love the value there. Yeah, I got to piggyback. That's... That's my guy too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not drafting with you, buddy. It looks like you. Yeah, and I have we're on the, <laughs> on the same, same wavelength right now. <laughs> every time, and yeah, and uh, with with Kbert, I mean, he's only 24 years old. He's batting fourth in the lineup. Uh, his profiles, you know, it's pretty incredible. You know, he's a great contact hitter. He doesn't strike out. 
his uh, expecting batting average was in the 91st percentile last year. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to hit 20 home runs, but I'm saying in AAA, he had 21 home runs and 316 plate appearances. So he might be able to get, might be able to flirt with that 15, 16 home runs with a solid batting average, decent counting stats playing every single day in that lineup. So I'm all in on him too. I had him a lot last year and he, he bit me too as well, but I'm back in baby. I'm going to be interested if you guys are simpatico the entire way here. Then you definitely can't draft together. This is like the nicest pod we've ever had. <laughs> I know. He's a nice guy. Come on. You guys should just hold yep. hands at this point. Um. All right. Next one here. Let's go to little cheesecake. Let's go to your fade or your favorite going 11 to 20. And who do you like here? Danny Jansen. <clears throat> I think the only thing we have to worry about him is his, is his injury history. He's going to be 28 this year last season was sort of a mini breakout if he hadn't gotten hurt and he had gotten himself to four or 500 plate appearances he'd be looking at well over 20 home runs last season with excellent counting stats hitting about 260 that was that was what he did last season and i i picked him up early i picked him last year i thought he was going to be great he started off awesome hurt I, I couldn't hold him, so I missed everything he did at the end of the season. If he gets 500 plate appearances this season, I think he just continues what he did last season because after he came back from the injury, he was good again. I think Danny Jansen really is starting to come into what we had hoped when we uh, were all high on him as like a late you know, sleeper three or four seasons ago. Now it's looking like he's – his high zone contact rate uh, combined with the fact that he actually has pretty good power for a catcher, pretty darn good power for a catcher. His barrel rate last barrel percentage last year was 13%. Well, well, well above over twice league, almost twice league average. I think that Jansen is someone who is going way as the 14th catcher, 187th pick off the board. I would have him as my catcher one. I think I'd be fine with that. And now with the trade of Gabriel Moreno, it's only two catchers fighting for playing time there, not three. So we talked about earlier, Kirk can DH, he can catch. You could mm-hmm. have Jansen catch, play some DH too. Like there'll be chances for them to to kind of switch off there. And uh, both of them can be very relevant. So I like the Danny Jansen call there too. Doc, what about you? That leads me. I mean, you said Gabriel Moreno, and then it's a perfect uh, silver platter for me. Right now, the mm-hmm. 16th ranked catcher, and he was the main piece in the Dalton Varsho trade. So, you know, the Diamondbacks think highly of him. Um, when you look at 2022 across two levels, AAA and MLB, he had less than a 17% K rate in both of them. His K percentage in the MLBs was actually lower than it was in AAA. It was 11% during his time in the big leagues, but he hit above 300 at both levels. And he's a good source of steals in later rounds. Now, he didn't have as many stolen bases in the majors. He had zero in 25 games, but he had seven in 62 minor league games. So he figure he is a little bit more aggressive on the base pass, maybe somewhere in the middle. 58th percentile of sprint and speed, which isn't bad for a catcher. Now, the biggest thing that's going to block him is Carson Kelly, um, who does have some pop but he only had seven home runs last year. He's 28 years old, and this is the final year of his contract. So if the Diamondbacks don't see him as a future at future piece and maybe they're out of contention, they ship him at the trade deadline, and then there's nobody in Gabriel Moreno's way. Steamer project him, 
projection has him playing 73 games. I think he could easily outpace that, especially if they do trade Carson Kelly. And they're projecting 277, seven homers, 35 RBIs, three stolen bases. I think the, the home runs are accurate, but I definitely see more RBIs and steals. And like I said, the 16th catcher, I think he's a good value there. Getting someone with his pedigree, a starting catcher, also in a lineup that we expect to be a lot better next year. Getting him as the 16th catcher after pick 200, he was my favorite pick here too. But just so we could talk about another player, I, I went away from him. But I, I love Gabriel Moreno. He'll probably, once draft season's done, be one of my most rostered players, I'm sure, just for the fact that I'm going to wait probably on catcher for a good amount of my drafts, and I'll grab him uh, in, a, in a bunch. Uh, he'll get every chance to play being the main part of that trade, like you mentioned, Doc. And again, just... There was so much promise with him. They talked about how his batting stance has also kind of changed a little bit. He used to have, I think, the bat. They talked about how they had, uh, I think it was he had the bat too far away from his body, and it would make it a lot harder for him to adjust. Now he keeps it a little bit closer so he can make more contact with his swing. That's one of the adjustments he made at the big league level, and I think the sky's the limit for him, so I I like the pick there. The player I uh, went over to to get off of Gabriel Moreno is Logan Ohapi who is one of my other favorite catchers going in this range. He is right now going as the 18th catcher over the last two weeks, going around pick 243. And just interesting, he was the trade, the one-for-one trade for Brandon Marsh. We saw the Angels and Phillies do, and he already became the Angels' top prospect. He drew Ray reviews from and leadership for his leadership and intangibles from his minor league coaches and he had an 850 OPS and threw out 26% of base stealers in 287 minor league games. Now, the big league level did not have a lot to go off of. Four for 14, which is a 286 batting average, two RBIs and two walks. But looked like he belonged in the limited time he was there. The Angels don't have a true number one catcher at the moment. Max Stassi is always in and out of the lineup. So he could win the job out of spring training. And he's someone that last year across 104 games between reading and rocket city, which is the, the single a and double a had 26 homers and 78 RBIs across 104 games. And he bypassed triple a, uh, his on his first promotion when he got promoted September 28th. So I, I do think you look at the fact that he produced in the minor leagues. He has great leadership qualities. He can play amazing defense, throwing out 26% of base stealers. He also really worked on his eye at the plate as he drew 70 free passes and struck out just 74 times in 104 minor league games. So he's got a good eye at the plate. He's going to have a chance to play a lot for this lineup. uh, And you're getting him as the 18th ranked catcher. I think he's worth the gamble there. He's going to be somebody you can get as a catcher too. And if he makes it out of spring training, especially if you do your drafts early, if he makes, if he gets the job out of spring training, his ADP will go up. So you, if you draft now, you can get him at a little bit of a discount. All right, let's go to the fade. And I'm going to kick this off with something that we all just acknowledged pre-show. Myself, Doc, and Marty Party are all fading the same guy. We are? We are fading the same guy. Oh, my gosh. Let's Callen, just let's just jump him mafia style. Well, Callan, I know, likes him because we just he talked him up a little bit earlier. So, Callan, you talked about how much you love the big dumper, Cal Raleigh, because you can get him as the 12th-ranked catcher. It gives you some power. Do you think you'll take a lot of Cal Raleigh this year? I don't know if I'll take a lot of Cal. Just compared to the ADP, potentially. Uh, we'll see. It's just looking around who goes near him with my guys. Uh, 
Tyler Stevenson is goes around. I like him as well. Kaybert Ruiz goes a little bit later, and they're fairly close to me in rankings. So more than likely, I'll wait and just take Ruiz a couple rounds later. But if I'm in need of power at that point, I know it's early to need power. I don't have any issues with taking Cal Raleigh. I think the power is there. I think it's a little different. You compared him to Mike Zanino, and I'm scared that it ends up like that. But lineup contexture for the Mariners is a little bit different. He's going to be near the middle of that lineup. They don't have that uh, particular DH this year right now. So even on the days when he would be off, he could still slide into DH and let Murphy catch. So I think the plate appearances get there and he has that the complete power upside. And I don't think his batting average is as major of a downturn as uh, Mike Zanino's was when he was hitting close to 200 at the maximum where Mike's where Raleigh, I think it hit around 220, maybe 230 if he's lucky. And I don't think that's the total drain as Mike Zanino is. So while I might not have to take a lot of him, He's not a fade for me. He's someone where I'm fine where he's being taken, but more than likely I'll wait for some of the guys that go after him. All right, let's start the the negativity crew. Marty Party, you want to start it off? Yeah, I'm, I'm pissed because you stole my thunder, man. I literally put Mike, Z- Mike Zanino 2.0, and I thought did it was you? clever. Yeah. Where did you put that? I put it well. I put it on my show sheet for uh, myself in Microsoft <laughs> Word. So you know, when I put that down, I even went to Zanino's uh, stack page, and I'm looking at his <laughs> strikeout percentage and his XBA. I'm like, dude, I'm hilarious. So I'm not that on. We just think the like, Marty. It's okay. But you got all the, if you have all the stats ready for the comparison, the people will love yep. to know. Near 30% strikeout percentage, just like your boy Zanino. Um, a, a horrific expecting batting average. His was in the, uh, Raleigh's was in the eighth percentile. Uh, Zanino's flirts with like the third or fifth percentile. So you're looking at a guy who's strictly power. I mean, if he has, he's one of those guys that like you could, you could draft super high and halfway through the season, you're dropping him even in a 15 team league, you know, if he hits mm-hmm. one of the one, two, three months where he's striking out 35% of the time. So um, there's just no reason, in my opinion, there's no reason to take that, uh, that risk. You know, you can wait on, um, you know, you can, at that point you can wait and get some guys that are going to have a, a higher floor um, than that. I agree with you. I'm, I'm looking who their backup catcher is. It's Tom Murphy. He doesn't go until after 700. Uh, does any does anybody think that he could have a short leash at the catcher position if he's striking out a ton, or do you think that you you feel pretty safe that he uh, will keep the job at least most of next season? After you uh, hit the home run that he hit to get them into the postseason, he's got to have a solid leash just for the fanfare. If you let the big dumper go or you put him on the bench, I don't know how Mariners fans will take that. Callan, why are you reading my mind? <laughs> it's it's a business decision to keep him in the lineup, even if he's yep. not producing. Well, Doc, is there anything you would like to add yeah. on that? Uh, Tyler Stevenson was my dislike. I don't know how you thought Cal Rally was. Uh, what? Goodness. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you put. I'm look. Let me look back. I'm pretty sure you put Cal Rally. No, I mean I, I agree with everything you guys said. I just dislike Tyler Stevenson more. Oh, I was looking at LC because his first one was Cal Rally as one of his potentials. That's that's not where I got it. That's my bad. But go no, ahead. Tell no. me why you. Tell me yeah, why you no. dislike. Elsie, I you can tell us the one that you picked, but how come you were potentially down on Cal Raleigh too? This All right, no, I switched minute. off. Uh, Raleigh was Raleigh was one who I thought I might fade. I, eventually, I, I settled on Yasmani Grandal because I just think Yasmani's washed right now. I think his his days as an elite fantasy catcher are over. Um, his his uh, his XBA was down there in the in the Zanino ter- territory last year. His uh, his power just completely went away, and I don't know when it's coming back. Um, 
he just did seem lost out there most of last season. So I'm keeping away from Yasmani Grandal this season. All right. Fair enough. Doc, talk about Tyler Stevenson. That's one of Cowan's guys. So we might have a little bit of a fight here. All Go right. ahead and well, tell us why you're fading Tyler Stevenson. Well, I won't back down. Tyler Stevenson going as the 11th rated catcher at ADP 132. This is a guy that has played 190 games in his career. So barely over a full season. He has a career 9.1 walk percentage and a career 21.7 K percentage. The BABIP his three years that he's been in the league, 500, 333, and 409. So all above league average those three years. He has no speed. He has little protection in an awful lineup. He has been injured. um, So you worry about durability. The only thing that I think goes for him is that he plays in Cincinnati and that he's first base eligible and first base is one of the deepest positions I feel like. Yeah, but he's multi-position eligible, which is never a bad thing. Yeah, but I, I don't see many people struggling to find first basemen. In the drafts that I've done, I feel like that is the deepest position. That's fair. Uh, I can't I imagine a time where I would put in Tyler Stevenson in my first baseman. No, I mean, what if you draft two first basemen, both of them go on the IL? Then that's bad drafting by me, and I deserve to uh if they get hurt that's bad drafting uh I, two first basemen getting hurt yeah that would be pretty bad I, it would be unfortunate but i i don't think i would then say oh let me put in tyler stevenson in the replacement when one got hurt i'd probably go on the waiver wire you are a tyler stevenson hater bro i am like it's uh, i'm with cal and I, I think he's not a bad value what oh well, tell me about what you like about him I mean, I think there better days are ahead for him. I think last season necessarily wasn't his full potential. And he's going to be in a Reds lineup. He's still in the best ballpark in baseball. And a Reds lineup that should have a little bit better around it than they did last year. Those I think are the Reds- few bright spots I already mentioned. All right. Well, again, I want to raise Jasper's <laughs> trade request here. Uh, Reese requests... Francisco Lindor from Springers for Willie Adamas, Ian Happ, and Lance McCullers. What do we think of that trade, Cal? What do you think? I think I take the Lindor side. Let's go up in that New York lineup now. I'm kind of uh, pretty excited for what the Mets are going to be able to do this year. I'm not a huge. You know, I, I do like Willie Adamas. Happ's going to be. I think he's going to come back a little bit from what he did last year. So I'm willing to do that. I think I I'll take the Lindor side. So you want the Lindor side? Uh, are we all agreement on the Lindor side? Because there's two variations of the trade here. Yeah, why are you in the south for me? So, so he would be, sprint, So Jasper would be giving up Lindor. He would be getting okay. Adamas, Hap, and Lance McCullers. I hate a three for one because you essentially have to drop two people. Also, that's still not enough for me. Yeah, I really like Hap, and I think Adamas. You know, he's going to be you know pretty solid. But what are you getting from McCullers? You know, he could be injured the entire year. I feel like McCuller's elbow is like a rubber band that's ready to snap. <laughs> the One of the other versions of the trade was he would get Dustin May and Lance McCullers instead of Ian Happ. No, I liked Happ the most out of all those three guys. I, and, keep Frankie and, then, and go get someone to elite. And then we talked about Lance McCullers' injury concerns. The final offer would be Adamus, Happ, and Dustin May. So May instead of McCullers here. I like that the best. I'll take May over McCullers for Dynasty. I would agree with that. Yeah, is this so you, Dynasty? 
Yeah, so you guys would take... I'm assuming this is Dynasty. Jasper likes the two starting pitchers in it. So Jasper likes the version where he gets Dustin May and Lance McCullers here. I think and it sounds like you guys like the version of where he gets Hap and Dustin May better. Yeah, I like that one the most. But, I mean, if he needs starting pitchers, I mean, that changes things, I guess. But even if, Lance if, McCullers, what are you getting? Especially in Dynasty, he's almost he's almost free. If if you're not contending this year, I think I would do that trade of giving Lindor for Adamas, Hap, and Dustin May. Yeah, I think you're right, Doc. If he's in contention or not, that's a huge deal of it. But I think we all like the non-Lance McCullers version because we're all concerned about his elbow. And he's at his dynasty. So, Willie Adamas, Ian Happ, Dustin May, smash? I mean, it's not a, it's not a smash, but it's you sip your tea and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. strongly pick it over. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, Doc. All right, let's go to our last part of the show. We're making good time here as we will now talk about our favorite going after pick 20 or after catcher 20. These are a lot of times players you're pretty much going to get like outside the top 300. So you can pretty much get them. They're not free, but uh, I mean, depending on the one you pick, some of them could be free, but um, these are tremendous values. Your catcher twos, uh, the player that you might pick up and stream a lot during the season here. These are the catchers we really like here. And um, so let's, let's kick it off. Callan, let's go ahead and talk about your favorite going outside the top 20. Who would that be? I'll take Austin Nola. He's going currently a catcher 30 at pick 472. So he's essentially mm-hmm. free in drafts. Last year, Austin Nola was the guy that everyone was pretty hyped up on. Everyone was kind of excited for and He battled some injuries, but it's the same similar argument you put. He's in a good, a really good Padres lineup. You saw him hit as high as up near top third in the lineup in the past. Obviously, it's not going to happen this year if Juan Soto and Tatis and everybody when they're healthy. But you look at that lineup context, you look at his X um, with his K percentage. He's near the top of the league. He's in the, above the 90 percentile. He doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. And in that ballpark, I think that's going to play. We were all excited for him. Yes, Luis Campusano is still there. But I feel like we've been waiting for Luis Campusano to do something for the past two, three years now. And they're still not using him. So as long as Nola stays healthy, I think he's a good value at that point. He's someone I'll be comfortable with uh, taking lays my catcher too, especially with the the free point. I just did a mock draft for pitcherless for getting pre- prepared for TGFBI, and he was one of the last catchers taken the entire draft. I'm 100% willing to pay that price and just wait till the 30th round. Just wait till he's there. Beef, beef up my batting average a little bit. Not really get the power, but I can get that other position. So uh, Austin Nola is the guy I like the, the most at that point. All right, Austin Nolan, Nola is Callen's guy. So Marty and, and Callen luckily did not go all the same through and through here. Marty, talk about uh, your favorite last year, and I just can't do it again. But <laughs> this time last year, I was fully in on him as well. Who's your guy this year, Marty? Well, I'm, I'm actually writing down. I'm doing my time codes as we do this because I, you know, oh, I smart condensed time here. Uh, but yeah, so well, let me just be clear here. If you're in a 15 team league and two catchers, you have to get your two catchers before this point. So this is like the classic, like it's 2 a.m. They put the lights on and only the ugly people are left. And so you just grab whatever's there. So that's that, that's how <laughs> last, I feel about The last girl at the bar. Yeah, or whatever whatever you're into. So uh, for me, it's going to be Ilias Diaz, um, the catcher for the Colorado Rockies. I don't have hard-hitting analysis to why, other than he plays in fours. He is the starting catcher. He's hit 18 home runs in uh, 2021, and he has a max exit velocity in the 80th percentile. 
So um, he has shown the ability to hit home runs. Uh, Steamer has him projected for 10 home runs with a 252 batting average. Uh, for his current ADP, you could do worse. He would be the he would be the only guy, but I'm not fully backing him, nor any of these guys plus uh, after 20. He was almost my pick, so we were Ooh. this close to having the exact same. Been, he, I was I was going back and forth him just couldn't couldn't do it, but like I said, course field catcher, why not? Yep. why not? You guys can definitely not draft together. Nope, there'll be too much <laughs> sleeping. Justin, if you're listening to this, don't put us in the same TGFBI league. Yeah, <laughs> um, I gotta ask Elsie because I picked Jan Gomes, and that's your boy. That's he's yeah. like the ultimate catching professional. Did I take him from you? Like when you saw that I put him, were you just like my heart and just were you upset? No, no, I, I, I'm happy when he gets love. You know, we share a birthday and uh, catching was my position when I was a kid. So uh, me and Jan were like this. I'm trying to get him on triple play for an interview. I feel like it's meant to be. We, we have the same birthday. So like, same year <laughs> I feel too? like it's meant to be. No, I'm older than Jan Gomes, but uh, but he's July 19th, just like me. Yeah, I mean he's 35 um, years old. It's not like like you guys are like way off. We know Art's older than no. 35. <laughs> yes, yes. For those that don't know, um, Jan Gomes. I mean, he's the ultimate professional. He's going to be the starting catcher for the Chicago Cubs, whose lineup is going to be surprisingly a contending team. Now you would say with the acquisitions they've made their attempt to actually contend. Now last year, the stats weren't great, but keep in mind, he played probably uh, you could say, I mean, 293 plate appearances, about half of a season's worth of plate appearances, eight home runs, 31 RBIs, two stolen bases at 235 batting average two sit 260 OBP. He's not going to strike out crazy amount uh, has had sub 20% strikeout rates. Two of his last three seasons does not walk a lot. Uh, last three seasons, about a 5% walk rate or less, but he's going to play, I think a lot for the Cubs and he'll be able to accumulate a lot of stats and that type of accumulation and a decent lineup. And the fact that you can get him at catcher 29 at pick 422, why not? I mean, right before him is going Carson Kelly, who's going to be in a, a split with Gabriel Moreno. I would much rather take the catcher that's going to be playing every day the take at one that's going to be on the small side of the platoon. So I just think he's tremendous value going there. But uh, our, I will turn it back to you and you can talk about your favorite. That's not Jan Gomes going here. Oh, he's giving us that dad look again. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, is it on me? Um, yeah, you're good. Um, is it on, my turn now? I'm sorry. I did. I did freeze. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to talk about Andy Rodriguez. He's currently the 35th catcher. 35th catcher going off the board and um, he's probably not going to, he's currently not scheduled to open the season on the roster. Cross your fingers that the new rules have the pirates thinking that he might win rookie of the year. They, that would get him to open the season on the roster. He's definitely the best hitting catcher that they have in their system. Their current catchers are Tyler Heineman and Austin hedges, both defense first catchers. I think, for DC, I, I want to leave my DC drafts with Andy Rodriguez. He has over 1,200 minor league plate appearances with a 927 career OPS. He's just a great hitter. And I, I'd love, I, 
I mean, I feel like they have to give him a chance this year. He's going to be 23 this season. He's, he's did a three level season last year and they don't have any hitting like bring him up. If you're a DC drafter, Andy Rodriguez should leave the draft on your roster. I think he's going to be good for the second half of this season. I like it. Definitely a value and a good call there. Doc, your last player is a catcher that was an all-star this past season, and he's going outside the top 25 or 24 players here. Yeah, Jose Trevino, the 28th-ranked catcher, an ADP of 384, a min pick of 249. To be honest, I might set the new min pick on him. So the first thing that jumped out about us or about him He's in the top 100th percentile, meaning he's the top catcher in terms of frame percentage. So that's stolen and held strikes better than anyone else. Now, why is that important? When you have a rotation of Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, and Frankie Montes, you're going to want the best catcher for them. Now, you might be thinking, well, Kyle Higashioka is Garrett Cole's personal catcher. Well, in the series against the Guardians last year, they actually switched to Jose Trevino and Aaron Boone called it at the time a seamless transition. So that might be something we see more into this year. But when you can do that, you're going to buy yourself more playing time. And that's what Trevino did his first year with the Yankees in 2022. He set a career high in games played with 115. The most homers he's had, 11. Runs and RBIs, 82. It is a great Yankees hitting lineup. They did get Aaron Judge back. Two stolen bases. And, you know, for a catcher, sometimes we see catchers give you a big old zero. And so even just chipping in a little bit, and he hit 248, which was above league average last year, which was 243. So he had a better average than one Soto. So I just think he's a starting catcher and a great offense that's going to play a lot. I don't get why it's so low. Yeah, I mean, again, a tremendous value. I think people are concerned of him repeating what he did last year because he hadn't had a track record of doing that before. But again, you don't have to invest a lot to find out. 25th catcher off the board going right now, ADP of 345, min pick of 297, max of 401. So that's Jose Trevino. That's going to do it here for our catcher preview, though. It Just about the hour mark, that's efficient podcasting if I've ever seen it. Callan... Thank you so much for being on the show, man, and hanging out with us and bringing some life to these catchers, this position we don't talk about too much. So uh, please, before we get out of here, plug all your great work where people can find you on Twitter and any exciting stuff you got going on. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager. It'll be linked somewhere. It's too long to spell, and I don't feel like spelling it at this point in the night. But yeah, I'm the host of, uh, you can find my work on Pitcher List. I'm the host of the In The Pen podcast. We produced monthly during the off season and then about spring training we'll go back to weekly breaking down all the bullpens throughout major league baseball i'll be producing some articles i'm not sure exactly what yet with pitcher list but it's been the nastiest pitchers articles but it may uh, switch over to some other stuff i'm working on my rankings so I might do some sort of a sleeper breakout bust of standard article or something with pitcher list but go to pitcherlist.com you'll find my stuff there and listen to the podcast network you'll find me hosting podcasts weekly starting in spring training I love it. Love it. Callan is a great follow and a great baseball mind. So make sure you guys are following him and his work all baseball season. And especially right before the season starts as that's where you can get the jump on your league mates there. LC Marty party doc, any announcements or anything fun you want the people to know of coming up here. Continue Nothing. to follow the YouTube channel, like subscribe. Yes. Uh, 
Give us a like on all of our videos. Go to all 950 and just have them on in the background so our, <laughs> our watch time goes that's up. A commi- that's a commitment. Well, uh, you can check out on the YouTube channel. Over the last week, I've dropped a couple of my favorite pitchers for this year. Sean Manaya is one of my top sleepers. You guys can check that video out. Tristan McKenzie and Nick Lodolo are two of my favorite breakouts this year. Marty and I are going to ride co-captains in front of that Nick Lodolo train this year. Uh, so if you guys want to hear why... I'm big on him and again, Marty as well for Nick Lodole. You can check that out on the YouTube channel, but like doc said, just like comment, subscribe on the videos helps a ton. Make sure if you guys are not in the discord, the discord link is usually linked inside the YouTube videos, or you can find it. If you DM doc on Twitter at trip play fantasy or myself. And I believe that's it. Make sure you guys like, uh, or you guys do stuff on the podcast. If you like the podcast too, but for Callan, for Elsie, for Marty party, for doc, I'm D Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week. Triple players.